Episode number two of the Tony G Show is here. I'm Tony G. That's Will McCormick. Hi, Will. How are you doing today? Doing good, Tony. How are you doing? I am uh, doing great. You and I golfed again today. Great, great day. Just hit the range, though. Great day. Not for you. No, it was great. Mm, don't lie. It's better than... I, 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 f- I finally felt like I had a good round. Considering that I've golfed for three days in my life... I was pretty happy with it. <laughs> you're getting there. I mean, you're getting that yeah. experience under your belt. We're getting there. I golf today like a champion. I will. Seven iron, mm. just straight as could be. Could be better. Use the five hybrid just a couple times. Try, I would say to how I hit the first two days, I would aim for that standard because that was pretty perfect. Uh, Sure. Yeah. I hate to say it, but you did golf better than me the last two times that we've been to you know, but today, together. today was a lot better. Today you sucked. It was bad. Today I did better. Starting to get in my head a little bit, you know. It did. It did. Yeah. The three wood was not your friend. Today. It was not my friend. Wow. It was I not know. my friend. Look out, ground. Yeah. Because you were putting a lot of it in the air. I was. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you know what? You get that though. Mm-hmm. You get that though. Better day of golf for me, anyways. Well, we got a good show today, Will, don't we? Oh yeah. Episode number two of season seven. You remember how we were talking about. Tony G show interviews, mm-hmm. uh, that, that kind of subset podcast. Well, we have an announcement to make on that front. We're going to do that at the end of the show, though. So you better stick around and I listen. Think, you know what? I think this is an advertising technique that really only works with live radio. Like, stick around to the end of the show. I mean, it's a podcast. They can just... <laughs> no, they can't do that. That's you know cheating. So? Yeah. It is cheating. They, I mean, they could do it, but <clears throat> in their possible. mind, in their mind, they know they're cheating. They have to listen to the whole show. I guess so. Mm-hmm. I hope their conscience gets to them. I mean, the point is, it'll be at the end of the show. I'm not going to timestamp it or whatever, so you're going to have to just listen through or, you know, whatever. But at the end of the show, we're going to make this announcement about uh, the Tony G Show interviews. So let's preview the show today and get right into it. We've spent enough time shooting the breeze. We're going to start the show off. Remember on Tuesday, first episode of Season 7, I said that we're going to talk about baseball, you know, throwing a little this, that. And we aren't going to get to football. That'll be Thursday's show. Well, that's today. Today mm-hmm. is Thursday's show. NFL season week one kicks off today. Packers season preview is going to come up for the first segment between Will and I. We will pick out games that we think are going to be a challenge for the Green Bay Packers coming into this year. We're going to pick out their season as a whole, maybe their depth chart a little bit. We'll go in-depth on the Green Bay Packers looking ahead to this 2021 NFL season. Second segment, I'm going to answer this question. Which division in the NFL will be the most competitive. Hmm. Hmm. Okay. I think I have two candidates. Mm-hmm. Two. But we'll focus on one today. Maybe do one another time. And then the end of the show, before the big announcement, the return of Tony G's picks of the week. Will McCormick, this is the first time that we have ever started Tony G's picks of the week mm-hmm. on day one of the NFL. And maybe it'll season. be the first time since the season you did without me that you'll do well. Could be. <laughs> I have not done well in seasons past. It's okay. It's all right. I have this, the full statistics and numbers. I even have a winning percentage. I did the math on that. So um, we'll get to that. Tony G's Picks of the Week to end the show. That is our show. We got a good one planned. Season 7, episode number 2. Firing at you. You ready, Will? Well, I'm ready. You're ready. I'm ready. Is the audience ready? I think so. I hope. Okay. I also hope so. The two. If they haven't skipped to the big announcement fans. at the end of the episode already. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Tony G Show. <laughs> You're listening to the Tony G Show now in its seventh season. Subscribe to the show now on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Follow the show on Twitter at Willis5312 and at Tony G Nation. Also on Instagram at Tony G Ordana. Now, along with Will McCormick, here's the host, Tony G. Thank you, Troy. Again, our new and improved intro, our mm-hmm. new and improved podcast look. There's even going to be a new look on the uh, Tony G Show interviews podcast covers. I'm excited for it. And advertising pieces. So we got the, the whole new, it's just a whole new feel to the Tony G Show this mm-hmm. season. We're excited to dive into it. And uh, we'll start here for episode number two of season seven. Green Bay Packers preview. We're going to preview their 2021 into 2022 season. Remember now, there's 17 games this season. 18 weeks, different from the 16-game, 17-week season we've seen in the past. 
So there's going to be either one more win or loss, uh, dependent on how the Packers do. Some depth chart changes that we've seen. Of course, the number one wide receiver is going to be Devontae Adams, but who's going to be behind him? Who's going to be the main guy that Aaron Rodgers will look to in this offense besides Devontae? Of course, you could say Mercedes Lewis, Robert Tanya, and their tight ends, but how about wide receivers? Of course, Marquez Valdez-Scantling is still going to be in the mix. Alan Lazard is going to be back. Hopefully, he stays healthy through the course of this season. Mm -hmm. But also added Randall Cobb back to the roster after he was gone uh, a few years ago, spent some time in Houston. He didn't really like it there. He mm -hmm. said that when he came back to Green Bay that this felt like more of more of a home atmosphere for Randall Cobb as he came back to Green Bay. He, and I think in part of that, it's his relationship with Aaron Rodgers. Yeah. He also said that Green Bay felt like a Fortune 500 company and <clears throat> And the, the Texans were more of a startup. Exactly. And would you argue with that? Oh, no. No. I think it's a perfect description. I also think, it, it, because it is, just look at how they're run. Well, in the way, the, the direction of the, the franchise right now. Yes, exactly. And a lot of it has to do with stuff that's not necessarily in their control, like a Deshaun Watson, some allegations coming out towards him. But even in the fact that you have, you know, so put that aside. Mm -hmm. You have your star quarterback, Deshaun Watson, and he wants out. Mm -hmm. You have a star. I mean, one of the best wide receivers since Calvin Johnson and DeAndre Hopkins, and you trade him yeah. for David Johnson from the Arizona Cardinals. You don't get much from that. You just fired your head coach, who was also your GM. Mm -hmm. He didn't do a very good job. Got blasted seemingly every year, every week, because of how bad of a job he did at both positions. It's one thing to be bad as a head coach. It's one <laughs> right. thing to be bad as a GM. But to be bad at both, uh, maybe that wasn't the right hire. Right. So Bill O'Brien's out the door you got to go find a new head coach, new GM. So maybe things will look up for the Houston Texans. But either way, the point remains that they are not mm -hmm. as stable of an organization as maybe a Green Bay Packer organization may be, as maybe a New England Patriot organization may be, as maybe a Los Angeles Dodger organization may be. But for the purpose of this argument and discussion, we'll stick with the Green Bay Packers and the way they do things. Because everything they do is just a little bit more professional. It's a little bit more high standard you know they hold themselves to a higher standard than anybody else and i think this cob this cob move is interesting because i doubt it, you know people question his production abilities and we, we talk about the texans being kind of a they're just their their performance has not been what their talent should you know their performance and right. talent they've had line more up. talent and they haven't shown it than right other organizations and i i like i like this cob move because i think it's going to add somebody that yes his production might not be might not be to the level of that it was five years ago, but it's going to add a player that can improvise and and get open for Aaron on those plays that he that he seems to extend every time. Randall Cobb to me, and you can tell me if this is a good or bad mm -hmm. comparison. Randall Cobb to me is like a better Cordero Patterson. Yeah, the, the guy that uh, used to, that made his name heard in kick returns for the mm -hmm. Minnesota Vikings, similar to how Randall Cobb made his debut. Remember the touchdown run? Oh, I remember. I was there. You were there. I was there. I was watching. I remember watching that Randall Cobb in his first game against the New Orleans Saints, who, by the way, the Packers start the season against. Mm -hmm. Randall Cobb returned a kick return for a touchdown. Similar start to Cordero Patterson. Now, Cordero Patterson has bounced around organization to organization. He's in New England now, correct? Oof, I don't even know. Did you fact check me on that? Where yeah. is Cordero Patterson? Cordero Patterson, the point is, though, that he has been a guy who can be used out of the backfield. Initially a wide receiver, almost like a Ty Montgomery, but Ty Montgomery I wouldn't even consider because I just don't. He, he's not someone who's going to win over a position at a wide receiver or a running back. Cordero Batterson has been better than a Ty Montgomery as we talk about this wide receiver running back hybrid. What do you got, Will? As of now, he's a Falcon. Falcon, okay. That's interesting. Yeah. That's kind of a good team for him. Falcons are kind of like a better Houston Texan organization. Yeah, I'd argue. Slightly. Because they got this nice new stadium. And they just went to a Super Bowl a few years back. But I still don't see them making those strides. No more Julio, though, either. So there's also that you got to think exactly. about. Exactly. He wasn't happy there. Mm -hmm. You never really get the winning atmosphere in Atlanta. I don't really buy into them. Back to this point about Cordero Patterson, Randall Cobb. Randall Cobb, to me, is better because he has that experience level that I don't think Cordero Patterson may have. Right. Like, Cordell... I'm going to say Patterson because I'm always, I'm going to mispronounce his name about 10 times. Yep, no worries. Um, <laughs> I feel like Cobb's long-term production has proven him, especially as a Packers player like in, in that fan base. Yes. He's just kind of trusted. Whereas when you bring in somebody who 
is younger, I mean, probably younger and it might have a better ceiling. Yeah. I feel like they have less slack in, in, in terms of the fan base. And I, I just think this Cobb move is going to be good for in terms of keeping Rodgers happy. I think it's going to give the fans, like, it's just going to give some trust and not pe- make people so on edge. Because it seems like every year that there's, like, these, like, like MVS is kind of, like, he's good, he's fast, he can catch sometimes. Something but it, but it's like a toss-up. And I think yeah. that gives makes fans kind of nervous. So I think mm-hmm. maybe this will, like, having him in that like lineup. Like a security blanket. Yeah, probably. having a security yeah. blanket, having somebody who can extend plays and get open. I think is going to make Rodgers more comfortable, the fan base more comfortable, and maybe just kind of chill out. The whole, I think. Yeah, just Definitely. chill out that number one offense. Maybe I shouldn't use experience as a, a factor for Cordero Pattis because he has experience. I mean, he's played on good teams, played in right. New England, which is an experience of its own. The thing that really should separate Randall Cobb is, like you said, that the fact that he is that security blanket, the fact that he has paid his allegiance to one organization mm-hmm. in the Green Bay Packers and kind of knows the system, and now he's back. He was gone for a little bit. That was out of his control. You could tell he wanted to stay. Right. Aaron Rodgers wanted to keep him around, but the organization felt differently, like they do on quite a few occasions with some of their talent. Jordy. But uh, Jordy is one of them. Clay Matthews may even be another. Julius Peppers, who we've talked, who we've heard Aaron Rodgers talk about, wanted to keep his career here in Green Bay. But I think this all, this whole Randall Cobb discussion, even the the brief mentions of old talent that wanted to stick around in Green Bay, but Green Bay didn't allow to stick around on, you know, logical money or contract basis. I think that goes to show that the Green Bay Packers are always trying to think ahead, trying to outthink their competition, trying to outthink some of their divisional uh, rivalry games. And I think they overthink too much sometimes. They just don't make that smart decision that is a no-brainer. You know, you keep a Jordy Nelson around until he wants to retire. He's only got, what, one, two years left at the time? Right. Yeah. It Julius Peppers it... wants to end his career in Green Bay. So what? Right. Yeah, I think you overthink it sometimes, and the Green Bay Packers try to stick to this narrative that they are this Fortune 500 company, which is a, you know, right. a well, blessing and can be a nuisance at the same time. And that's such a heated discussion between at least fans and uh <sighs> Like Matt Swanson, he always says to me, you know, after friend a certain, of the show. yeah, friend of the show, after a certain age, players are basically just like get rid of them, and I think that for the most part that holds true, but sometimes yes. that's not necessarily the case. Like that, you see, they still have Mercedes Lewis on the roster, you know, so maybe they're maybe they're kind of finding that like it's good to be young and to have young players, but it. it it's sometimes it, it it values to have a little bit of experience it and have older off. players. Yeah, it pays off to keep that around. Uh, let's look at the defense because we kind of looked at the offensive depth chart. Of course, Aaron Jones is going to be the number one running back. A.J. Dillon is going to stick around and be number two. Kylan Hill will be the third string kind of in the background. Mm-hmm. Probably going to handle the punt and kick return responsibilities. Defensively, the part that still worries me is their defensive line. Mm-hmm. Kenny Clark, the nose tackle, he is short up. He has got his contract. He is good to go for the Green Bay Packers up the middle. Edge rushers on the line, Dean Lowry and Kingsley Kiki, I still don't buy into them, Will. You're not, and Tyler Lancaster's the second behind Dean Lowry. I don't buy into any one of those three names. You need to improve this position. And they did a lot of improvement. They made a, a couple moves here or there in the offseason, drafted uh, to what they needed. So you can't touch on everything. But I, I just can't help but feel that this is a position that is like a sore thumb, that mm-hmm. it, it just sticks out. The fact that teams know that this defensive line isn't world-changing. They aren't world-beaters. Okay, maybe up the middle, got a big piece in Kenny Clark, very mm-hmm. valuable, all pro. But on the corners, Dean Lowry, Kingsley Kiki, Tyler Lancaster, these aren't guys that are going to get it done. Well, this is not who you want to roll with on your defense. It's going to be a huge line. question of health at that this too. point. That too. Because it seems like that has been the case for most of the D-line as it's been somebody's been hurt at one point and it just it feels like they don't have that depth to like to play a full game or to play a full game at 100%. Sure. So it's going to be interesting because I don't and I don't think Kingsley Kiki or Dean Lowry are bad players. I just think that the system, maybe not the system, but just like them together, it just yeah. doesn't work. I think it's them as individuals or together or whatever. I I don't buy into these names on the defensive line. Now, here's, here's something I want to throw out there. This is going to tie in an outside linebacker position. of uh, Rashawn Gary, who, by the way, is still the second string behind Preston Smith, who did not impress me last season, Preston mm-hmm. Smith. 
Rashawn Gary is behind him. What if you moved him to defensive end? Shift out Kingsley Kiki. Because Dean Lowry's paid, so you're probably going to use him right. as though you paid him because you got paid a few seasons back. Rashawn Gary, put him on the line. That, and Changes, he, the Packers change positions all the time, oh, whether yeah. I like it or not. I've agreed and disagreed with more than I have agreed with some of their moves, position swaps. But what if you tried that one? Rashawn Gary, to get him some time because he deserves it. He's, this is his third season now. He's no longer a rookie. What if you get him some time by putting him on the defensive line? I could be wrong, but from recent memory, I feel like he has his hand in the dirt more than he does playing kind of a, a stood-up linebacker position. So that might be yes. something that we're seeing more often. Yes, I would agree. I would definitely agree with that. It is something that I don't think is out of the realm of possibility, no. especially once you get to a point in the season, maybe week five, week six, where Kingsley Kiki and Dean Lowry aren't going to get the job done, and mm-hmm. you start to realize that. We see Zadarius, too. He is, he's usually got his hand down yeah. on the ground, yep. mm-hmm. you know, doing yep. that more of edge edge responsibility. So that I, I think you're right in that in that aspect. It's probably going to be more of a, a Rashawn Gary and uh, Zadarius Smith kind of responsibility on that edge. But we'll see. I mean, I don't know. Yeah, that's that's at least in the last couple of seasons they've had them doing that quite a bit. The defense still worries me, Will. Oh, yeah. I mean... It, it's still a point of concern for me, like it was last year. You have what? a new defensive coordinator, right? but the personnel and depth is just not there. It's See, just not. I mean, I, look it up the middle. Chris Barnes, Devondre Campbell, and then who behind him? Oren Burks, Ty Summers. Devon- you, got, you get rid of Kamal Martin, which is a move I didn't like in the first yeah, place. Yeah, I didn't get that. I didn't understand that at all. Christian Kirksey, he's gone too, by the way. Right, like you're going to tell, tell me Ty Summers is more promising than... Kamal Martin. I never thought that. I not not once did I think that. And I, I and I don't dislike Ty Summers either. I think he's. See, I kind of disagree because I I'm on the front that I'm I emphasize that because I have thought that way. Kamal Martin is a guy who's working his way towards being a starter. Also, Ty Summers doesn't have that potential. He may be a security right. blanket as like a depth guy because he's been here for a couple of years, but he's not working. He doesn't have the potential to start. And, when Kamal Martin was a rookie last year, correct? Yeah. So that like I and again like Oren Burks like is his ceiling like really that high? Like why would you not I take a chance? I don't think so. I feel like and I guess we're not around the linebackers that often. We don't experience them every day. So there's things that we're definitely missing, and this is purely from a fan's perspective. But I feel like Kamal Martin is at least at the level of Oren Burks, and he has a higher ceiling potential. Could be wrong. Again, we don't experience him every day. So this is why the Tony G Show is so special, the chemistry between Will McCormick and I. Mm-hmm. Well, I was going to say almost that exact same thing. Really? It came to my head while we were talking about this. Maybe we don't know if Kamal Martin was a cancer in that locker room. Maybe he was a selfish guy. Maybe he, and now we're just spitballing what it could have been. Right. We don't know that for sure, but there has to be something more mm-hmm. to that because he was promising talent-wise on the field. Or, he could play. Or he his, could play. Or maybe they just saw his ceiling being at the level of Oren Burks or Ty Summers, and they're just like, it's... Doesn't it's a toss-up. Sure. They so, still, and that's the thing that worries me here is that there's no depth on that interior linebacker position, which there hasn't been for years. Well, I feel like I really am curious to see what Devondre Campbell can do this year. It's gonna, I guess that, I am, it's, too. It's, it's an exper- it's a spirit, experiment to see what you know he can produce in terms, of, uh, in terms of numbers. And Chris Barnes, he proved himself last season. We'll see what happens this year. Yeah. More of a, a greater responsibility. But what about the secondary? What do you, how do you feel about the secondary? I, this is the best part of the team. Okay, The I team. Yeah. They have a good, great offense. One mm-hmm. of the best offenses in football. This is the best part of the team is the secondary. Yeah. you got to get behind Jair Alexander, a guy who I, I, I've talked about before in the sense that he's not going to put up stats of a Charles Woodson. He's not going to win a defensive player of the year award because he doesn't get all these interceptions or forces all these fumbles because defenses nope. don't go to yeah, that I said, side of the I said, field. They, they don't throw to him. That's exactly why. So he can be shut down and locked down all he wants. He's just not going to be that that player that puts up all these stats because they don't throw to him. That's how good he mm-hmm. is. He's so good that he can't be recognized for it. You know what he does? He's kind of an irritator too and not and not in like a bad way. He's just kind of the guy you he's hate. He's not a Richard Sherman. No, yeah. he's not a Richard Sherman, but he's a, he's a guy you hate playing against because he's so annoying. When he's, but you also love him but on your team. Respectful. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like he's he's annoying and he's kind of a pest. He's but just, he's but he's extremely respectful. He's a good player, and he doesn't like he's not annoying. He just like he irritates the team a little bit. You know, kind of gets under their skin, and that's kind of a player you need. The opposing team, you're saying. Yes, yes. And you know why? Because he's in the back pocket of the wide receiver. He's on, of the number one wide receiver, 
every single week, Will mm-hmm. McCormick. Yeah. He's right in his grill. That's got to be frustrating and irritating to your yeah. point. Now, behind him, there's Kevin King, who's going to be on the other side of the field, the number two cornerback. Who had Some one, mixed feelings about him. He had one bad game last year. He's a good player. last year because of that, that reason. He's the, a good player. And that's kind of the argument I want to make here, is that you can't let that Tampa game at the end of that first half, or, or throughout the entirety of the game, he had about three, four bad plays that stuck out, which is unusual for a cornerback. Mm-hmm. You can't let that one game really be the deciding factor on if you like Kevin King or not. He's been an, a, a good wide receiver. He's been a guy that's really kind of the same as Jair, but not as good. He's kind of in the grill of the number one, number two wide receiver. The thing with him is he's he supplies inconsistency from time to time. Yeah. like Remember the Dallas game? Was it three years ago? He had like two picks and just like... Went off. Whatever. He, like, shut down sure. Dallas's offense. And it, it just games like that stand out to me where, like, he has that potential and maybe he works out those inconsistencies. Speaking on who's behind of Jair and Kevin King, who's going to get some time on the field, is this third cornerback, soon to be second once Kevin King is out the door. His contract is almost up. Mm-hmm. Eric Stokes, mm-hmm. young cornerback. Interesting. Really like him. Yeah. Really like him well. He is a guy who is going to be – like, if you re-sign Jair – and keep Eric Stokes and develop him to a point where he can almost be like a Kevin King, better than a Kevin King, almost a Jair Alexander, you have shut down corners on each side of the field. Good luck getting there. And then behind him, Chandon Sullivan, a guy who has experience, a guy who knows how to play defense, plays defenders. He is a guy that probably doesn't have the seasons like a Ty Summers, but almost more valuable at that position because – you know, cornerbacks substitute at a high at a high rate. Mm-hmm. Eric Stokes seems to be kind of a hybrid between Kevin King, who's 6'3", 200 pounds, um, and then Jair, who's 5'10", 196. We have Eric Stokes coming in at six foot 194. So he seems to be kind of that middle ground between having a lanky, kind of go get him jump ball kind of guy and Kevin King, mm-hmm. and a, and then between a, a dog kind of like pest kind of corner that is Kev, uh, um, Jair. Jair, excuse yeah. me. Uh, so it'll be interesting to see like where he fits in, like if he's going to totally replace Kevin King because his contract will be up, and I don't see the Packers re-signing him. Yeah. So, it, but he is going to be an interesting replacement. I'm I'm curious to see how he plays. I am also to see his style of play. Yeah. Didn't watch it particularly close at Georgia, so it'll be interesting to see how that yeah. how he translates into becoming a professional cornerback. And then of course Adrian Amos, Darnell Savage. What else is there to say? I mean, those are your safeties. Those are even Vernon Scott behind. I like him. I am finally glad that J.K. Scott and we got to get going to our uh, picks here pretty soon on how the season will end, but I'm very glad that J.K. Scott is no longer a Packer. That mm-hmm. was a guy who was about as inconsistent as it could get. Mm-hmm. There were just games last year where you'd watch and opposing teams against the Packers would completely flip the field, and the Packers would be unable to do anything with it, half the punt. He was a 35-yard punt. I felt bad, too, because uh, he had – and I, I didn't I, – I, Sort of like J.K. He had some games where he had some game-winning punts. Like, he had some bombs. But it's just, it was weird. Like, towards the back half of his career, it just, it seemed to be few and far between he had a good punt. Like I said, inconsistent. Which is, like, punting is majorly important to, like, flipping the field and having a good defense. If you, if they start on, on, on their own 40, it... It's hard, to, it's hard to defend that. And the Packers know that. That's why they tried to draft the guy. They right. spent a draft pick on the guy. Right. Sixth rounder. And it just didn't work out. So it's, it's good to see him gone now. New punter. Mason Crosby, as always, still doing the kicking responsibilities. Let's look at the season, the games, the 17 games that the Green Bay Packers will play this season. And looking at their schedule, they start September 12th, this Sunday, uh, against New Orleans. It'll be a home game for New Orleans, played on a neutral site, though, in Jacksonville because of the hurricane coming through. Then they're home against the Lions. That's a Monday night game. Head to San Francisco, home against the Steelers, on the road in the AFC North Bengals, and then their season from there. I say they go 13-4 and this season. Here are their losses. I say week three, they'll be 2-0, and then week three at San Francisco, they'll lose. This is a San Francisco team that I buy into. I think they're healthy again. I think they have poise. I think Jimmy Garoppolo is going to play a little bit better than in years past. Not that he's played bad, but he'll just play better because of the fact that there might be a chance that 
Jimmy G is looking towards the door in San mm-hmm. Francisco. So that's going to increase his play. Defense is going to be good because they're going to be healthy again. That's a game that I see San Francisco as being a, a for real team. And I see them winning that game week three. That's if they can stay healthy because last year, was, that was the whole story was that Correct. injury just kind of ruined their season. And you also have Will McCormick. You have yep. uh, the Packers going 11-6. and six. Mm-hmm. You also have the Packers losing in San Francisco week three. Yep. Then you have them on the next week. Coming back, losing at home against the Steelers. Mm-hmm. Which, I the only reason I have that is it's kind of, I feel like whenever the Packers play the Steelers, it's always like this kind of like tough, like just head-to-head kind of like smash-mouth football that can be kind of a toss-up. So I could see it really going either way. Sure. And depending, it, the Steelers had a great start to the season last year, and, and they kept Juju around. Yep. Big Ben is kind of, you know, he's getting, he's, he's old. He's old. So it's going to really depend on his play, and I think, and and basically how the Packers can rebound from that that week three loss if that sure. ends up being a loss. Sure. Uh, look down the schedule to week seven. The Washington Football Team comes into Green Bay, and I have them upsetting the Packers at home. Mm-hmm. What do you think about that, Will? Washington Football Team, I see them as being a for real team this year. I think they're good. I don't think they're that good yet. Okay. I think. See, that's the thing. I kind of think the same way, but I think they can come into Green Bay and pull off a they, win they on a week could. where the Packers are coming off of. Heading to Chicago, that'll be a tough game. I think the Packers will win that one. But it'll be a week where the Packers are maybe trying to overlook, overstep the Washington football team, look ahead to their schedule. Right. they got the Cardinals after that Washington football game. And then they have Chiefs on the road in, in Kansas City and then home against Seattle. So those are two tough games. I think they're going to preview that a little bit, mm-hmm. kind of not be taking Washington football team very seriously. And I think that's a good team that might come in and catch the Packers sleeping. In week seven. That's a good point. And their defense is one of those just kind of hit you in the nose kind of defenses, it too. Is. So that I really it, like Chase Young. Yeah. Really like Chase mm-hmm. Young. The next week, week eight, mm-hmm. Will McCormick has the Cardinals winning against the Packers mm-hmm. in Arizona. I could kind of see that. I think, they, I, remember, I really buy into Kyler Murray and I really mm-hmm. buy into the Cardinals. We said that last season. That's one that I could see. Yeah, and again, that's to me, that's kind of a toss-up one too. I just feel like I don't want to be like, oh, they're going to go fifteen and one because, yeah. like, I, yeah, I think there's a couple. Pick those games. Yeah. yeah, I think there's a couple games that are toss-ups for them, and in in that case, I took the loss just to be kind of like erring on the side of caution. Sure, sure. I just Devils advocate Will McCormick. Yeah, well, and I think the Cardinals are a solid team this year too. They picked up JJ Watt in free agency. I mean, I, I they have to seem they seem to have a lot of pieces around them that could produce a, a pretty solid winning team. Sure. Move ahead to the next week, week nine. This is one where I have the Packers losing. Will McCormick has them winning. Mm-hmm. Packers are on the road in Kansas City against the Chiefs. I think that's a tough game. That's tough a place walk. to play in Arrowhead. Remember that season they were 15-1? and one? Where was the place they lost? Kansas City. Yeah. I think Kansas City Chiefs will come out victorious in that game. Packers lose that game. That's a walk for the Packers in my books. But <laughs> Okay, sure. Will McCormick airing on the side now of... Biased. Biased. (laughs) I love it. Okay. I'm not biased, I swear. No, never. (laughs) Move ahead to week 11. Green Bay Packers head to Minnesota. This is another game where I have the Packers losing. Will McCormick has them winning. Mm -hmm. I think every season there is that game where the Packers and Vikings go to the wire and the Vikings either win or tie. Remember they tied a few years ago? They always split. Mm-hmm. Always, always, always split. I mean, Almost granted, there's always. been a couple times where the Packers have swept the, the series or whatever, but I think this is going to be one of those seasons where the Packers split with the Vikings. The home team will win these will will win their games. Again, the Packers-Vikings division rivals, so they play twice. I think the Vikings are going to win in Minnesota Week 11. I've done my four losses. Here's mm-hmm. what Will McCormick still has on the board. Chicago Week 14, again, is one of those situations where you win one, you lose one. Yeah. By then, probably Justin Fields would be playing. I'd put money on it that Justin Fields would be playing in Chicago instead of Andy Dalton. Then Will McCormick, give me this one. Mm -hmm. Week 16, Cleveland Browns think they're going to win in Green Bay. This was kind of a weird one. This is one that I didn't really like. I don't think it's on a basis of like skill because I definitely think the Packers are the better all-around football team. But I think the Browns also have like a super high potential to play above their heads. We've seen it happen before. I think Baker's an okay quarterback. I think he can play to the ability that would allow them to win a few big games. And I think this could be one of their big wins on their sure. on their uh, on their uh, schedule, especially towards this back half of the year. We could see the Packers looking at like 
you know, we might win the division, um, kind of be, or maybe they have the division locked up at this point. And just kind of previewing it. Yeah, and I could just kind of see them, like, either kind of playing lax or just the Browns kind of sneaking one away on them. I don't think this is like a, this is not a blowout win for the Browns in any respect. I think this is kind of a... You need to be bold and go out and make these moves when you're picking a schedule. It was kind of like the Washington football team pick for me. It's very similar. And then you have Minnesota Vikings winning in Green Bay week 17. Mm -hmm. And then the Packers will head to Detroit and you have them winning as do I to round out their season in week 18. Any comment on that Vikings win in Green Bay? Just just, I kind of agree with you before sure. how just they sometimes seem to toss up that series one on one and had the same thing with Chicago. It just seems every now and then they end up splitting the series. Sure. So it's only logical. I mean, that's yeah. only it's hard to beat a team twice. Yeah, exactly. Let alone three times mm-hmm. you know, if you get to the playoffs or whatever. Right. But there are the picks. Tony G has them going thirteen and four. Will McCormick eleven and six this year. I say the Packers win the division. I'm gonna knock on wood. Okay, sure. Knock on wood. You ready to move ahead to segment number two, Will McCormick? Oh, yeah. This is one I want to preview by saying this. If you remember in the open, I previewed this segment as me answering the question, which division in the NFL will be the most competitive division this year? And I said there's two of them. I only want to focus on one of them right now because we've had a discussion about the other one before, and that would be the NFC West, Seahawks, Cardinals, 49ers. You know, it rams as well. This is one we've talked about before. We, season six of the Tony G Show, Will and I have gone in-depth on it. So I think it's something we can put off for a little bit. We don't have to go in-depth on this one. Mm-hmm. So I'll put that to the side. Which division is going to be the most competitive division in the NFL? I'm going to say the AFC North. Ravens, Browns, Bengals, Steelers, all improving. Bengals are no pushover anymore. They have talent. They have young guys that they have drafted. And they are looking pretty scary. Joe Burrow... He will be back to hell. I don't think he'll be back for week one. He's still got some time recovering from that torn ACL. But I think once he comes back, this team is no longer a pushover. I think this is a very good team. Don't forget the Ravens, Browns. They are ultimately supremely talented. It's just a matter of coaching. And I do like the Ravens coaching staff. I think John Harbaugh does a good job. Jim Harbaugh. John Harbaugh. Jim Harbaugh. One of the Harbaugh's. One of the Harbaugh's does a really good I think it's Jim. No, no, I think it's... John Harbaugh. I really have no idea. See, I, I hate when something like that happens. Because, like, I... Yeah, no, I... It, how about, like, <laughs> Craig and Quinn Bob. or something like that? Like, just something different. Something but obvious. Jim and John, and they're... Whatever. John is the football coach. All right, we were way off. In Baltimore. I think I said John first. No, you tonight. said... Then you're like, Jim? Yeah, it's definitely Jim. Anyways, whatever. Jim or John. I have to say, I kind of agree with you on this like in terms of most competitive but i think this is going to be most competitive with the stipulation of intra-division play i don't think mm, okay i don't think i like that i, I don't, like that yeah i don't i think these uh these four teams are going to split a lot of games between them but i don't think it's going to be like they're going to go got a couple eight you know like mid-season we got like three of the four are eight and you know whatever i, I don't see sure. them being that type but i see intra-division play being super interesting i don't mind that i i can also see that too Here's one point that I also want to make, though, as we look ahead. I am not impressed with the Pittsburgh Steelers this year. I think Big Ben Mm. is old. I think he's overstayed his welcome in Pittsburgh. Not the fact that they don't love him and that, you know, of course, it's like that's their guy that has been there for a decade and a half now. Keep him around. And I think he's overstayed his stay in the NFL. I think it's time to call out a career. He's been one of the toughest guys, a great quarterback, but he's a guy that just can no longer stay healthy anymore. Right. I mean, he's just getting battered and bruised, it's, whether he likes to accept that or not. And that plays a big role in the fact that the Steelers are the least impressive team in this division now. Whoa. The entire division. I don't buy into them. I buy into the Bengals more than I buy into the Steelers. I'll go on record saying it. Wow. That feels like a hot take, in my opinion. But it, could be. you could be right, though. I. It's kind of weird that they haven't really invested in the future in their quarterback position because it makes you question can Big Ben stick around for this season? I and I don't dislike him. I think he's a he was a great quarterback. He's still a good quarterback. Yeah. It's, it's still just valuable. age is always a question that you have to just be like, is this something that is a is a long term solution? You're just not as quick anymore, man. I mean once you get to a certain age, your arm slows down, your thinking slows down in game, your awareness goes away a little bit. I mean the talent just it, it rescinds. I mean, it just mm-hmm. it, it's 
you can't stop that from happening, no matter how long you think you can play. Right. Tom Brady is one who did it, who is d- doing it because he's just a freak. He can throw ducks pretty good. <laughs> Will McCormick's never bought into Tom Brady. Good. But how about Brett Favre? Yeah. Played into his four, still at a high level, mm-hmm. almost took the Vikings to a Super Bowl. Almost. I mean, see, that's the thing is that some do, and so that means that everybody can. No. No. Because Big Ben is not one of them. He's a guy who's been just taking a beating over the course of his career. Granted, Brett Favre did too, but Brett Favre was otherworldly. Big Ben's ben got Roth- some... Ben, ben Roethlisberger's elite, but he's not otherworldly. And he's had some pretty rough, just tolling kind of injuries, like a couple yes. knee ones that are just scary. Yes. Scary I mean, remember, knee injuries. Week two, he was injured for the rest of the season a few years ago. Right. And injuries like that, they linger. They stick mm-hmm. around for players, especially in the game of football. That's not it, though. I think they're young and kind of immature. I don't want to say dumb. I think dumb is too far, but I think... Immature is the right word. They're not a team that necessarily carries themselves as a threat, I don't think. They don't carry themselves as a team. They carry themselves as a bunch of players who have, like, this me mentality. Like, the whole TikTok thing. Like, I understand that's, like, cool to have that to connect with your fan. And there's, like, granted, there's, like, Packer fans. Like, I believe Alan Lazard is a TikTok and stuff. But it's just kind of weird when that becomes so much of your personality that, like, that's something that I don't even have to. I haven't had TikTok in months but, like, to know that Juju is known for making TikToks is just kind of weird. We are talking about Juju Smith-Schuster. And the reason I say immature, and I, I say this about, you know, it makes it seem like I'm saying it about the whole team, and I really am saying it about Juju Smith-Schuster, but it, it does hold weight with the rest of the team as well. I think this is the example you can say TikTok, but how about when Juju Smith-Schuster just not long ago was out trying to do the crate challenge? Right. I mean, that is something where people fall, take awful bounces, yeah. land on a leg awwardly, awkward lands. You don't do that. Or you don't post m- about it if you the, do. <laughs> I mean, what was it, training camp and he was doing that? Yeah. I mean, preseason, and you, you can't. Think, granted, man, think. Gran- granted, their defense is super good, though. We can't ignore that. Their defense is solid. You can't ignore TJ Watt, who is defensive player of the year candidate seemingly every year. Mm-hmm. Can't ignore Devin Bush. Joe Schobert as well. That's a Minka great, Fitzpatrick. great linebacker uh, core. And then Minka Fitzpatrick in the secondary along with Terrell Edmonds. Don't forget Joe Hayden, the former Brown. So they, they have a good defense. It's just if you can't score, you can't win games. Exactly. Which they have the talent to. It's just, again, it's, it's coming to an age of question for Big Ben and, and maturity. And I, I, I don't want to say maturity because it's like you don't, maturity doesn't equate to touchdowns, but it equates to like the right mind space to be I a like competitor. Your yep. Like if, that, if that makes sense. It does make sense. I still, after this discussion with Will McCormick, along with me, Tony G, I still I stick by it. Steelers are the least impressive team in this division. So how will the final standings fall out, you ask? I, how will the finding standings fall, Tony? Thanks, Will. The final standings will go like this. The winners of the division are going to be the Ravens at 12-5. and five. I looked through all of these schedules individually. Spent the time to do that because Tony G does his homework. There's your first one of the season, Will. Tony G does, does do his homework. Season 7, still doing my homework. Except for that one time. No. <laughs> Always do my homework. <laughs> Looked at all the schedules individually. Ravens are going to finish 12-5. and five. Browns, 10-7. and seven. Bengals, 8-9. and nine. And then the Steelers round out the division. 5-12, and 12, maybe 6-11. and 11. I think the big question for your Ravens pick is going to be if their running back can throw the ball very good this season. That's going to be interesting. <laughs> because no, I, I'm Lamar joking. Jackson. I'm joking. Yeah, I, yeah. I think Lamar is a good quarterback. I think he's a great player. But that kind of quarterback really needs to produce because if he can't play to his level every game, it just seems like the offense relies on it so much. And I understand that most off, like the Packers without Aaron Rodgers would fall flat in their face. Sure. But – it's just scary when they have to run so much. And I understand that's such an old school thought <laughs> about football, but and maybe that's because I haven't had a quarterback that does that. It's okay to be on that side though. It's your opinion. It just it just makes you question because he went from winning MVP to having like a incredibly dislike meh season for sure. an MVP to have following his MVP season. Yeah. Well Yeah. And due to many respects, I mean the MVP season he threw like fifty touchdowns. Right. That's so, what I'm saying. A, 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 as a rookie. But that's what I'm saying. Like that's what it took for them to be that good. Yeah, I guess. And if he has to reproduce that every year, that's going to be tiring. It's just it's tiring for any quarterback. Unsustainable is right. Technically, what it is. Right. It's okay. just, it'd be tiring for any player. And I just 
Yeah, I don't know. So I don't then let s- me ask you this: Well, if you don't, if you say that the Ravens, let's hypothetically say that the Ravens are like that, they can't hold that standard. Whose division does this belong to then? I, it'd have to be the Browns. It'd have to be a toss. I I, I think it's going to be a toss between the Browns and the Ravens. I don't see the Bengals really having the okay the the talent quite yet. They're having the pieces, but they're kind of like one of those teams that have to still figure out a few things yet. Correct. Right, Steelers, I, like I don't really. I, I've put them in that same book of just kind of like they have some really good pieces, but a couple questionable ones. So I, it's going to be a toss between the Ravens and the Browns. I don't know if twelve and five is where I'd put them, but. I like the way you think. Yeah. All right. So that is my pick for the most competitive division in the NFL. We've gone through two segments well. Mm-hmm. You know what time it is. Feminine in the show. No. <laughs> it is time for Tony G's Picks of the Week. It's good to hear that music back again. Oh, let's go. <laughs> I have missed it. Tony G's picks of the week. Are you ready, Will? You ready, Will? Are you ready, oh, Will? Oh, I'm ready. All right. Will McCormick, I've crunched the numbers. You remember my first year? Had a really good year. Mm-hmm. You weren't around for that. 23-7. and seven. Great year. Came back in 2019 to the 2020 season. Mm-hmm. Not so impressive. Big head. 29-23. and 23. <laughs> I had momentum. Yeah, it's not bad. It's still above 500. Ah, you know. We'll take it. Ah, whatever. I'll take it. Not necessarily unhappy with it. Last year was the year that was rough for me. 19 and 16. I remember writing through this schedule, the, the Tony G picks of the week, the last picks of the season. I was 16 and 14 coming into that week. I went 3 and 2. If I would have went, I mean, like I was a bad week away from right. being under 500 last season. Well, that can't happen. I, you have to give yourself a little bit of slack, though. You've got a bigger sample size for the last two seasons. And this is going to be the biggest sample size yet. There we go. Tony G's picks of the week. 71 and 46 overall coming into the season. It's not a bad record. If you're a head coach seven. in the NBA, that's pretty good. 60% winning percentage. Hey. That's pretty good. I'm right 60% of the time. Yeah. Essentially is what that's saying. Yeah. It was second least 61. It was like... It was like Point six zero six or whatever. So you know, <laughs> I guess that means sixty one. Yeah, we round up the set. All right, sixty percent yeah. winning percentage for the, the Tony G picks of the week. Remember, I do five games: the Thursday night game, the Sunday noon game, the Sunday three thirty game, the Sunday night football game, and the Monday night football game. So let's start with tonight's game: Thursday night football. Cowboys at Buccaneers. Buccaneers are seven and a half point favorites. Here's yeah, here's the thing. I don't mm, I don't want to say this this way. So maybe I'll say it this way. <laughs> I think the Cowboys are going to be more competitive than they were last year. I think it'll definitely be between them and the Washington football team for the NFC East. But Dak might be a little bit rusty. Mm. Mike McCarthy is a coach that you and I don't really buy into in this day and age of football anymore. Still some missing pieces around the way for Dallas. This is a season that's going to be a little different for them. It'll be better than last year, of course, because last year sucked. It's going to be a deciding season for them. And, you know, talking about this week in particular, this game, kicking off the season in Tampa Bay, where Tampa 12 is rolling high after their Super Bowl victory. They got weapons. They got talent. They got Tom Brady. Seven and a half point favorites. I'm going to go with the Buccaneers. I see the Bucs win 28-17. That is my first pick of the year. Sunday noon game. This was a tough one. There were a couple good games to pick from. I'm going to go Cardinals at Titans. Titans are a field goal favorite, three-point favorites. Here's the thing. I'm a Kyler Murray fan. said that on the show before, but I'm also a Derrick Henry fan. Mm-hmm. Here's the factor. Titans are better coached. They are, like Mike Vrabel. I don't really buy into Cliff Kingsbury just yet. I, he hasn't shown me anything that earns the right for me to have me buy into him. I haven't seen any. I haven't seen enough from them off season wise in Arizona. So this is a game, another season for the Cardinals. It's kind of lackluster. Whatever. Titans are going to win at home, 24-20. And remind you, I mean, to be a reminder, that's Titans with Julio Jones now, AJ right. Brown. AJ Brown, love AJ Brown. So uh, this is a solid team. I, got, I, you know, I don't necessarily love Orion Tannehill. But he's serviceable. But he's serviceable, especially with those weapons. Again, Titans win at home 24-20. 
Sunday 3.30 game, I'm going to go with the game that we're all watching. Packers, Saints in Jacksonville, neutral site. I initially had the Saints as someone who might win this game, mm-hmm. was looking through some notes, but then I was like, you know what, they're not even in New Orleans. This is a team with some quarterback uncertainty. They have Jameis Winston starting things now. Taysom Hill still right. kind of in the back. I forgot about Trevor that. Simeon's the third string. I don't necessarily buy into the Saints in this game. As for the Packers, this is a last dance. They're a better team than they were last year. This mm-hmm. is a team that is going to continue to get better. And I do think it's the last dance. Aaron Rodgers, at least Devontae Adams maybe as well, together in Green Bay. This is going to be the last dance. So they really want to come out and have a good season. And I think it all starts in week one, Sunday 3.30, in Jacksonville against the Saints. Four-point favorite, the Green Bay Packers. I'm going to go with the Packers. 21-17, a push. Shout out to Christian Jack, friend of the show, for teaching me this uh, betting terminology. <laughs> a push. Um, I do think it's going to be the slow start for the offense in Green in Jacksonville for the Green Bay Packers. I don't. It's just something they do every year. They kind of get them. The first stringers get some real game time action, and it's going to be a slow start for them. It could be for both teams, honestly. Very well could be. It could be a slow season for Jacksonville because I don't buy into Jameis Winston the way that some people. He's going to throw. 20 I, interceptions this year. I want him to do well, too, but anyways, that's, yeah. Neither here nor there. I digress. But I, you know, guy, guy you can pull for a little bit. Sunday Night Football, Bears at Rams. Rams are a favorite by a touchdown. Seven-point favorites. Remember, they have Matt Stafford now. They have that tough defense. And the Bears on the other side, they have Andy Dalton leading things off. Uh, Nip. Also, don't forget that the Bears, you see it in my, my notes here, Will, are, are the Bears. Yeah, the Bears. Right. It'd be the Bears. Bears if they're going to win. Don't buy into them yet. This isn't just Wisconsin market talk either. I really do think this. Rams in a shutout, 24 nothing Sunday Night Football. Whoa. Yes. Well, I'm, this is, this is Stafford. There. Ooh, I like this. Rams yeah. against Bears. Rams are going to win in a shutout, 24 nothing. I'll say it twice. I Okay, if that were Justin Fields Bears, that'd be a different story, but... Could be. See, maybe that's. I don't think it's unjustifiable to say that they're going to get shut out. Was that a pun? Unjust. Justin. Justifiable. If I could mute your mic again, I would. <laughs> it's like in season four, season five. Can't do it. Again. But you remember a, a few years back, Packers Bears in Chicago to start the season off, low scoring game, ten three. I think it's that similar style mm-hmm. of the Bears offense where they're just not going to get anything going. Yeah. Twenty four nothing Rams win on Sunday night football. Monday Night Football, Ravens at Raiders. This is a game I look forward to Ooh. because the Raiders, they're going to have a good offensive season, I think. I really do buy into the, to what they're trying to do in Las Vegas. They have a couple of young wide receivers, uh, Ruggs, Edwards, Renfro, not to mention John Gruden. Infinite amount of coaching experience. I do like the Raiders this year. However, can't forget that the Ravens are full of talent, just loads of talent all over the place. We mentioned it in the second segment of the show. And they're four-and-a-half-point favorites. Ravens, they won't cover, though. Ravens in a close one, 31-30. One more time, Will. Buccaneers, 28-17. Titans at home, 24-20. Packers, on the road in Jacksonville against the Saints. Slow start for the offense, but a slow season for the Saints. 21-17, Packers win. Bears at Rams. Rams in a shutout, 24-0. I'm sticking to my guns there. Slow start. Slow, slow start for the Bears, too. Just like I said for, for the Saints, for the Packers. Bears are they're going to get shut out in Sunday Night Football. And then Monday night, Ravens, Raiders. Ravens in a close one, 31-30 in Las Vegas. Did you take all favorites? I did. Kind of cheated. I did. See, that's the thing, though. It's like everyone always <laughs> asks me, did you ever pick like a non-favorite? And I was like, you know, okay, listen, here's the thing. It just doesn't work out that way. Because right. I critically think about these games week after week. I do. I think about, you know, is it the right move to pick this? You know, to spread this, to spread that. Who's injured, who's not, who's healthy? What's the style of play? Is it going to be a good matchup? Whatever. I think critically about these games. Mm-hmm. And if I think that, I mean, they're favorited for a reason. Right. That's I pick I, the upset sometimes. That's I what do. I was, that's what I was about to say is, like, they're favorited, like, <laughs> for good reason. Like, <laughs> exactly. Like, it's not just like a, somebody just putting, you know, throwing darts at the board being like, <laughs> exactly. that's the favorite. There's you know? a reason behind it. Well, yeah. There's a reason behind it. So those are my Tony G picks of the week. The first one of the season. Here we are. Now, before we round out this show, Will, mm-hmm. we've had a good show. 
Very good show. Back-to-back good shows to start Season 7. Yes, sir. Got a big announcement. Remember, we're going to do 25 regular season episodes. After today, going to be 23 more. But we're also going to try to push out about 8 to 10, maybe even 11, Tony G Show interviews. Remember, in seasons past, we've had Mm -hmm. Tim Bald, Cam Fuller. We've had Michael Pan on the show. And so we're going to try to put together a lot more for this season. We're going to do it by series, month-by-month series. Athletes this month, athletes next month, athletes that month, and so on, based on what sports are going on around St. Norbert. So, here's the big announcement. The September series of the Tony G Show has been picked. We have confirmation. We have dates set to record these interviews and get them in and get them released on in our September series for Tony G Show interviews. First athlete's going to be Ben Cole, St. Norbert College football quarterback. He's going to be our first Tony G Show interviews. That's going to release next week. Well, next week already. Wow. For Tony G Show interviews, episode number one uh, in that September series. Second athlete, Luca Kenyon, women's golfer. Very good golfer. Mm-hmm. Will and I are getting into golf ourselves. We are. Maybe she can teach us a thing or two on that Tony G Show <laughs> interviews. That'll be a good interview. We look forward to that one. Yeah. We're, we're friends with Luca as well, so... We look forward to having Ben and Luca on for our September series of the Tony G Show interviews. It's our big announcement. Yeah. Looking forward to it, dude. We have some names being thrown around for who our October series are going to be. We have yet to reach out for them, but we have a general direction. We kind of have a verbal commitment on one in November, too. We look forward to that one. If you're interested, always reach out and let us know. Always reach out. As uh, our buddy Troy Frisk says in our intro at Willis5312 on Twitter for, for Will. At Tony G Nation for me. That's changed, by the way. It's not Tony G Show anymore. Mm-hmm. I just went full Tony G Nation. I like it. Then on Instagram, at Tony Giordano. At Augustus Media. Don't forget about that. You still Thanks, do that? Buddy. The oh, pictures I'm still doing and, that. and stuff like that? Still doing it. I don't know if you've had time with being in, in Utah for the summer. Oh, dude, yeah. Go check out my Utah photos. They're pretty crazy. Okay. Utah, Utah photos on Will's Instagram at Augustus Media. Thanks I like a shout it. out. I like it. <laughs> yes. That'll do it. Another yeah. episode of the Tony G Show in the books. First week in the books. First two episodes. There we down. are. First batch of Tony G's picks of the week. All right, Will. Have a good weekend. As for uh, Tony G Nation, have a good weekend as well. We'll see you next time. This is the Tony G Show. Thanks for listening to the Tony G Show. Support the show on social media on Twitter and Instagram. Also, make sure to subscribe and comment on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and Spotify.